dear world. And today, I want to talk more specifically to the ones who have left the church, particularly those in my generation. It is so hard to watch so many people walk away from faith. The first time I remember feeling this and uh, having a strong emotional response to this was in high school. It was about time for our senior send away kind of church graduation party thing. And I talked with my youth minister about the fact that there were a lot of people who weren't going to be there that it broke my heart and weren't going to be there. There were so many people who I had grown up going to church with, grown up going to Christian elementary school with, and the people who I even went to school with in high school who had at some point along this journey walked away. I had had this conversation with him before about how I felt like because of some ministry changes that happened within my particular high school ministry, uh, like sophomore, junior year, I felt like there was a group of people who got left behind that we didn't do a good job of bringing back in once uh, we had a more stable ministry in place. And it broke me. I I cried about the fact that there were going to be people there, maybe even you listening, people who I cared about, whether they knew it or not, there were going to be people who I cared about that weren't going to be there because... Jesus wasn't their thing anymore. And that breaks my heart for you, friend. I am so sorry that for so many of you, there has been a miscommunication about what Jesus really is all about and what faith is really all about. Um, We've gotten so uh, deep in religion and in the rules and expectations of what uh, different people believe things should be and have forgotten what the gospel is at its core. And that's that Jesus is constantly seeking out all of us. All of us are sinners, so he is seeking all of us, all of our brokenness, because he wants to redeem it. And he loves you just as much today as he does the day you got baptized, as the day you first stepped into the church, as the day you walked away from the church. God's love is not conditional. That's the most beautiful thing about it. And I, as a Christian, have a really hard time with that sometimes. And it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But I think to myself, well, how can God love blank more than blank and it's he doesn't love it more or how can he not love this less and it's hard sometimes but that's that's the beauty of it isn't it the fact that God isn't like us and God doesn't love this person more because they did this or this person less because they did this he just flipping loves us so much and I just finished reading through the old testament uh not every not like the entirety of it I did like a biblical survey of the Old Testament, and it it pointed back to how the Old Testament points to Jesus, and the fact that God was just constantly chasing after Israel, and he was constantly 
giving so much grace and so much love. And that's what he wants to do for us. That's what he's trying to do for us. We live in this unique time where things in the church, a big, you know, globally, are not like super great. The American church, especially, is going through this time of like some of the celebrity pastors, which is such a... Uh, ridiculous thing. I'm so guilty of preferring some of the celebrity pastors to local pastors. When I lived abroad, I listened to Levi Lusco and David Platt every week and not a pastor from Franklin, even though that's where I lived. Uh, And I still love listening to some of these pastors. And, you know, we idolize these people and then some of them walk away from faith. And these are the people that make the news and we hear about these people and and we see this exodus of the faith and these celebrities these celebrity pastors are just a small representation of the whole number of people that are leaving the church and honestly sometimes i think it's us me as church members it is our fault that people are leaving the church because we aren't doing a good job of being jesus One of the things that I feel like has been the biggest misunderstanding for people in the church, and I found this especially uh, living in the South and going to a Church of Christ college. I did not grow up in the Church of Christ tradition, but have seen this in a lot of people uh, who I went to school with and having conversations with them, is that you are allowed to have questions about God and Jesus and faith and all of these things. Questions are an essential part of your faith because that is where you grow. We, when we read the Bible, we constantly see people question Jesus and God straight. It's like straight to them when they're talking to them. You look at Moses. He's like, wait, 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 God, you don't know what you're doing. Like he just said that to God and like how bold and like we are taught that questions and doubts are like this bad thing when really questions and doubts are what lead to greater faith. It, you know, we study more, we search more and we ask God to be present and we ask God to show up in different ways. And we might not get the exact answer. We might not get this super clear revelation, but I have found that when I ask God these questions and when I bring things before him, He gives me peace in realizing I'm not going to know everything. And so often, and I think because we live in a world where we can pick up our phones and Google anything, we're not okay with not knowing the answer. But there are some things that we just don't need to know. And God knows that. If we knew everything, we would be balls of anxiety more than all of us already are. We don't, like, knowing everything is not actually that helpful. And there are things about God that we're just not going to understand this side of heaven. And that's okay. It is, it is hard. And I understand that. It is so hard. Uh, If you've read the book, Remember God by Annie F. Downs, she talks about uh, one of the big questions that she's faced with God. And that is knowing of his character and knowing that he is good, knowing that he is loving and knowing that he is faithful, but not knowing if he is kind. And I relate so much to that. I have gone through a lot of seasons where God's kindness is not so clear to me. And I have said, uh, (laughs) I have a friend who will tell you, I've said this many times 
sometimes I think that I'm just God's punching bag and in a lot of ways I'm okay with that. But that's not what God wants me to think and that's not what God is doing. God is kind. We just don't know always what his kindness is. And I'm sure a lot of you feel that. I'm sure you have had these circumstances and you've had these experiences where you say, God, that that can't be you. And so I don't know who you are anymore and I am walking away. Or you've had these experiences with people in the church that you have said, I'm done, God, because these people have told me that this is who they're supposed to be and this is who you are and that's not who they're being. And friend, that you're right. Like the church is full of broken people. I constantly think to myself, like, why did God put his body, the body of Christ, the the bride of Christ, why did he put the responsibility for that in humans? And in a way, he put it in the spirit and the spirit working through us. And I think there's a big difference between the big C church and the little C church, but we'll get to that later. And because we hurt people, we as the little C church, these individual congregations hurt people. There's a podcast right now. I think I actually talked about it in my last episode, but I'm obsessed called the rise and fall of Mars Hill by Christianity today. Um, and it points out some of these fundamental issues that Mars Hill made and Mark Driscoll made, but they are replicated over and over and over and over again throughout the American church from the in the last however many years, but particularly in the generation that they're talking about in this podcast being churches that that have emerged since, you know, 1990 to now, the, the movement of... Um, having these mega churches and like Rick Warren and Saddleback and how that all, you know, moved the church culture into this new thing. And like my, the church that I grew up in came, uh, in a lot of ways, their, their model, um, of growing and the time that they really, uh, kind of moved to this new building and kind of not restructured, but, you know, had new ideas, came from Saddleback. And there are some really beneficial things from that. There are also some not so beneficial things. And I think um, this podcast, uh, Mars Hill is like very different than Saddleback. That's not what I'm saying. But like, I think that there are some things that um, we have pushed aside in order to grow the church and individuals are the ones that suffer from that. And in my generation specifically, in our generation, you that are listening who I'm speaking directly to, we have seen some really crazy things happen both in the world and in the church in our time. I think the rise of social media and the rise of their celebrity pastor have hurt our testimony collective so much because... Before, if our pastor was doing things on the weekend that we didn't agree with, we didn't know, unless we happened to see him or, you know, of course, the rumor mill. But now our pastor is doing an Instagram live Tuesday morning. You know, it's like we have, we expect, not just we have, but we expect this constant access to our our church staff that 
makes the unrealistic unrealistic expectations that so many of us have on them anyways um, expedited because we are able to scrutinize every little thing. And if they're not authentic enough on social media, then, well, why aren't you sharing the hard stuff? And if they're sharing too much of the hard stuff, they're just, you know, being overdramatic. And we have this, this scrutiny of them now because social media has allowed us to. And I think for a lot of people who have left, it is the collective failures of the church that have made it hard to stay. And I'm so sorry. Like, I am sorry that we have taught a, so many people that our faith is in the people around us and the people leading us and not Jesus himself. It's it's the issue of the celebrity pastor. It's the issue of the mega church. When you're not in community as a whole, when you don't have this personal relationship with the people above you, it can be really hard um, because what does repentance look like? when your every action is scrutinized so harshly and so many of your congregation members, the only time you interact with them is from the pulpit. I think it's so hard on the pastors. I think it's really hard on the congregation too. And I should say, I still go to a really big church. I still go to a church where it's not like this ideal thing like I'm talking about. But... I have learned that I cannot put my faith in my clergy members. It is unfair to them and unfair to me and unfair to God. Like, God has gifted them in these incredible ways, but they are still human and they are still going to fail. And I'm not going to agree with every single thing that they say and do. And that's another thing. We, you are never going to find someone that you agree with 100% on uh, ever. You're just not going to. I have struggled a lot with that. Um, Thinking like these are the things and having this like expansive list of like a million things that I'm like, we don't agree on all of this, then I can't learn from you or whatever. And that's just not the case. There are things the core of what the gospel is. Of course, we need to agree on that when we're learning from people, but like there are things that you can learn from them without agreeing 100% on everything they say. So maybe that's where where you felt like the church was failing and you needed to leave. I don't know. I wish that I could. There are people that I, you know, went to high school with, we're in high school ministry with, that I wish I could sit down with and ask questions about why they left the church, but that obviously feels really invasive and terrible, and so I wouldn't do that, but I just, I just hurt for them. I wish I could know what role I, as a member of that church, played in it, if there, if there was any, um, you know, there are, (laughs) I personally uh, feel like a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, trying to figure out how to say this. I take a lot of personal responsibility for things that like aren't always like 
totally my responsibility. And so I'm like, a lot of times, like, this is a make or break person for this person's faith. And the words that are coming out of my mouth are going to make make or break it for him. And that's like, it can be true, but it's always not, also not always true. And I'm just put a lot of pressure on myself and other people a lot for things like that. But we do need to be, um, we do need to be aware of like what we are saying and what we are representing and how we are reflecting on the church as a whole. And so for the people who have walked away, I, I'm guessing that that's part of why you left is that we weren't being a good representation of what we said we believed and what we, um, what we preach on Sunday morning. And so I'm sorry for that because I am just as guilty of it as anyone else. Um, I am sorry for when the way we talk and the way we walk is not what we preach on Sunday morning. Um, I'm sorry for the Christians who only live their faith out on Sunday morning. That, that brings up a lot of questions. That is a very, um, moving to, moving to the South. Cultural Christianity is such a thing. Growing up in Illinois, if you didn't go to church, you just didn't go to church. And that was like, okay. But in the South, um, particularly in Franklin, Tennessee, where I live, it is like, oh, oh yeah, everyone goes to church. So you don't know who really has a faith. It's also like not your place to judge, blah, 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 blah. blah. But like, like going to, it's not really so much a question if you go to church or not. There are of course people who don't, but it is so much more a thing that people just go to church on Sunday morning, whether it's ever talked about again that day or not. Um, so I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for the way that we have, um, kind of pushed, pushed our faith to this one little time and place. And then the rest of our lives, we just live it. However, uh, I'm sorry for the confusion because I think so often the church wants to seem nice and kind and not take too hard a stance on things because they're scared of getting in a situation like Mars Hill and having a pastor who says all these really crazy, bold, outlandish things. Um, because when the the church can take hard stances on things, but they need to do so in grace. And so often that's not what happens. And it's especially in today's culture when there are so many questions about what is right and what is wrong and what God wants and what is against the Bible and in the Bible, all of those things. Like the church not taking a stance is saying a lot more than they think. Um, and so I'm sorry for that. Um, I have a feeling people don't really have to question what I believe about things because I'm kind of make it obvious. Um, and like, even if we disagree, that doesn't mean I don't love you. And that doesn't mean that I think you're going to hell. And it doesn't mean that I think that you are this terrible person. It means that I think we all need to do a better job of reading the word and asking for discernment from God and, like, I need to do learning, you need to do, like, everyone needs to be constantly learning, um, and we just need to have more grace for each other, and I wish that I did a better job of that, I wish, uh, people leaving the church did a better job of that, like, I wish you guys, I wish 
that there was a he- there was healing that could happen where you could look at the church without cynicism because I think that's what happens so much. Um, you know, people get so hateful towards the church, and I get the anger. I I get especially if you've experienced a deep personal church hurt. A church hurt is so. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, I've experienced it on both, like, a very personal, like, leader-to-me level. And then I've also experienced it from a pulpit-to-congregation level. And it's, it's it's the worst. And it makes you think, God, why would you allow this to happen in your, in your house? Like, in the church. But, like I said before, the church is comprised of broken people. And we we just can't... We can't assign, we can't blame the whole, the whole religion, the whole faith for the actions of one person or the actions of a couple people. And that is hard because there are some systematic things wrong, but we have to have faith that something can change. We have to have faith that God cares deeply for the church and for his people and wants to see the best come from it. And for those that have left the church, like, you are still under that care. Like, God cares deeply about everyone in the world. It's not just his church. It's everyone. And he wants, uh, he wants to show you how much he cares for you. Um, I, I pray that you, after listening to this, can sit with yourself and sit with God for a while and ask, you know, what is it that made me walk away and what was, uh, what in that can be healed and what in that was, um, was the error of men, not the error of God and not the error of, of true faith, but maybe just the error of, you know, Western religion and religious practices and all of this. Um, yeah, I just hope that that you can find healing from the hurt and the confusion and the questions. Um, I wish that we had grown up being told you're allowed to have questions about your faith and bring them to church and, and ask them and bring them before God and ask him and seek him in the, in the places you don't understand. I think, you know, we were, sometimes trained to just like push those things back and not bring them to God or church or your parents or anyone. And you just had these questions that were just like, well, what do I do with this? And it it shouldn't be that way. And I'm so sorry that it has been. I pray that we as a church can serve you better. You know, we're all about finding the unchurched and, you know, growing the disciples within the church, but like, I think in the next 10 years, there needs to be a push for re-reaching those who have left. And maybe that is what people would call the unchurch, but I don't think so. I think that discipleship in the next 10 years is going to look a lot more like healing the wounds that have occurred than finding the unreached. There's an element of that, but particularly down here in the South. And I mean, of course, most of what I'm talking about is happened in Springfield. So, um, you know, finding these people who, who have left the church and healing, healing both 
individuals and systems and coming together again. Unity in the church is just like, it feels like this really elusive thing that's never going to happen, but that's not what God wants us to say. And like, that is not God's heart for the church. Unity is God's heart for the church. And we are just too narrow-minded to find it, you know? Like, as terrible as that sounds, I think it's the truth. We are resistant to unity. And uh, let's be real. Unity doesn't mean agreeing on everything. And unity doesn't mean setting aside um, the law for to fit certain people's belief systems. But unity means living under the love of Christ together. And I just pray that we can find that and live that out as a whole. So, friend, know that I'm praying for you. If I went to high school or was in high school ministry with you, know that I've probably prayed for you by name. Um, I just, like, I'll see people on Instagram or Facebook and just be like, oh, God, what did, like, what did we do? What, what can we do better? What did we do? Why is this this way? And it, it hurts me. Um, so know that you have been prayed for by, and I'm sure not just me, uh, you are being prayed for. Um, and you are so deeply loved by God and that's not going away. Um, you can run as far as you want, but it's not going away. <coughs> Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I hope that, um, if you have left the church, this episode will lead you to some questions to, um, to work through with yourself and God and maybe find your way back to church. And if you are a member of the church, I hope, I hope you leave this episode feeling, um, feeling moved to pray for the, those who have walked away, maybe reach out to someone, you know, who has walked away, um, people in church leadership, thinking about how, uh, how you can, Find those who have walked away from your own congregations uh, or your own circles and um, find some healing. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been such a fun process. For the, I think this is two weeks. This episode is like the two-week mark. Um, and it's like fun. I'm a verbal processor, and that's kind of what this is. It's just me processing. Um to myself. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, all of those things and follow on social media. If you're listening to this on Friday, my book proposal gets submitted tonight. Um, it's due at midnight and I'm going to turn it in at 11.59. No, hopefully before that, but let's just be real. It, there's a chance. Um, which this is such an interesting process. And like we say a lot in my group, like this publishing opportunity is like one opportunity. It's not the opportunity. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to a, like be done with this and like get it to not be sitting on my computer anymore, but someone else's. Um, and I'll like keep you updated on all of that. Um, once we find out, like, who from this program that I've been in is moving forward, those of us, or those, whatever, who are, can send it other places. So it'll be, um, 
a very fun adventure. Something I didn't think I would really talk about, but I think having the prayers of others is important. So if you would pray for that, um, for me as I finish, uh, for, for just like once I hit send that it's just, I'm of course praying about it and thinking about it, but not like stuck in it. Um, and just for discernment for the board that is reviewing it and, um, knowing what, uh, what God wants to be shared in this opportunity and open the doors for other people as well. So again, thank you so much for listening to my ramblings. If you have any ideas, there's something you think, wonder what she thinks about that. I don't know that anyone actually thinks that, but if you do, <laughs> that's super fun. You can, uh, message me on Instagram or Facebook at Leanne Woolley, L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N-W-O-L-L-E. And I would love to talk about um, whatever you have to wonder about. So that is all for today. Love, Leanne.